Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's always painting with people's blood. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, I told you that in confidence. Ah, well, now you're going to get arrested. But you're all the way in Australia, <laughs> well. so, like, you know. Yeah. They probably don't even have the police over in <laughs> They'll Australia. They'll probably just be like, uh, you're guilty, you're sent to Australia. I know, right? <laughs> isn't that what they... Hold on, isn't that what they used to do to, to people in, like, England and stuff? Like, now you have to live in Australia. <laughs> That's why Australia exists as a country. You're getting along fine there. I mean, it's been a couple of years. You're not dead yet, so... You're no. living it up. I'm sick every day, but I'm not dead. Oh, I'm not actually not feeling so great myself today. Oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> Your Australian germs have somehow made it through the internet right over to me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You want to know what I blame? I blame my son because he went to school. Oh, school how dare he? has kids. Kids are sick. Yeah. They eat they their are. own boogers and ugh. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Ah. Uh, anyway okay how you doing today brandon how you been it's been a whole week i know i'm I'm doing good Cortland. um i saw a movie today get out what movie did you see there's like nothing playing so so here we go it's uh it's your weekly brandon movie reviews section of the podcast and this one woo this one was a doozy Okay, tell me everything. Um, hold on, let me go pop some popcorn. So, like, it, you're just gonna tell me the movie in detail, so I can just actually yeah, have. Yeah, I'll tell it. you scene by scene, like we do these episodes, and do it. You know, an hour and a half. All right, go for it. What'd you watch? Oh, so Corlin, today I saw Paw Patrol, a mighty movie. <laughs> oh no, Brandon! <laughs> uh, I like the build up for that. Yeah, just that to was Paw Patrol. You know what? You know what? Okay, I have Paramount Plus at home. It's it's Nickelodeon. They have ads for Paw Patrol, the whatever you just called it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it? Was it good? Like, look, I don't have any interest in seeing it. Okay, I just want to inform us. My son does not care about Paw Patrol in the slightest. Was it good? Cortland, if if your son isn't into Paw Patrol, then, like, you have no reason to ever watch this. Perfect. That's what I expected. And consider yourself lucky, actually, because <laughs> Paw Patrol... Is the most thinly veiled toy commercials yeah. as a TV show I've ever seen in my life. God. Every episode is just like, hey, the pups have this new vehicle and there's a toy out for it now. Oh, my God. <laughs> the pups have this new vehicle. Why don't you have it yet, child? <laughs> Go demand they, it from your parents. <laughs> they even poke fun at that in this movie. They, oh, the, no. There's like a newscaster who's like. And there's new mo- merchandise. Sorry, parents. And I'm like, fuck you. You don't get to make that joke. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, so my brother-in-law, one of his kids just loves Paw Patrol. So like they put it mm-hmm. on sometimes when they're over. I just sit there and I'm, I'm like, why is this happening? What's this that character? And I just bug the shit out of uh, my niece because I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. With every, like, kid's show, you kind of just have to buy into the premise and just be like, all right, this is happening because this is what happens. Mm-hmm. But with Paw Patrol, oh, I just, my brain just can't comprehend who is funding this yeah, operation. that was one of my questions. These puppies have, <laughs> like, bases and vehicles that make the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. look like dog shit. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> sure. um, where are they getting this money? There's one child in that whole show. How come he can drive? Who gave him a license? He's he's the king of the Paw Patrol. <laughs> Who's going to stop him? 
He'll sick his pups on you, bro. And they have they have stealth jets with experimental bombs and missiles. Like no no one's gonna touch him. It's mutually assured destruction, and all the countries are afraid of him. Ryder's a, a real motherfucker. Oh, okay, yeah. When you put it that way, it makes total sense. He was just like, I want to drive a vehicle. <laughs> but Ryder, you're only ten. He's like, Chase, <laughs> get on this case. No pups too big, no bombs too small. Damn. Okay, well, that's the dark side of uh, Paw Patrol that I didn't realize, but now makes total sense. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go see Paw Patrol, but did your kids love it? Yeah, it was it was a fun time. I like seeing other people like things. So that's that really makes wonderful of you, Brandon. That's a great human quality I'm a you sweetheart. have. <laughs> you have empathy. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I'm really great. I like it when people are happy. I'm great and I'm humble. <laughs> I prefer to give than to receive. That's a really wonderful quality, Brandon. That's why I love you so much. Oh, um, thank you. So did you did you bring all the like? <laughs> Were you like, Alice, get in the car. We're going to see Paw Patrol. <laughs> no, please. Uh, no, it was just Zach. He's the only one who's really into Paw Patrol. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome, Brandon. I mean, it isn't, but like, <laughs> I'm so glad that <laughs> happened to you and you could share that experience with us all. Uh, I didn't do anything this yeah. week, but I'm thinking, and I'm really, really thinking about this. Like, I've watched YouTube videos and everything, Brandon. I think I'm going to buy a piano. Well, not a piano, a keyboard, but. Whoa. You know. That's cool. You know, I've been talking about it. I, I thought about it the other day. We've known each other for like 20-something years now, 22, 21 I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've stopped And counting. I'm pretty sure I've always been like, I'm going to learn the piano. And you were always like, no, you're not. Well, you weren't. But, you know, in your <laughs> mind, you were probably like this idiot over here. Yeah. I was like, that's what you said last week. So I think I'm going to do it, Brandon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. You should. You used to play the the guitar all the time. I still have one somewhere. Yeah, you used to probably. jam on that acoustic guitar, and I liked it a lot. There were like a few songs that I really knew how to play. Yeah, I remember I used to jam on it, and I I did consider murdering you and absorbing your soul so that I could have that power, but I didn't do it. Missed opportunity. Now I'm over here in Australia jail. I know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, do you want to just get into this episode, Bram? We got a, kind of a doozy to get through today. Yeah, let's do it. We just got done watching season three, episode nine, Undertaking Taylor. Is that right, right? Taylor? Mm-hmm. That's okay. the name for some reason. We just got done watching. <laughs> so, Bram, what did you think of Undertaking Taylor? So, I quite liked this episode. Oh, good. Me too. <laughs> oh sh- I know that is, that is a load off my mind. I know I was sweating before asking that because I was like, <laughs> "Shit, is he gonna like it too? Do I have to change my whole opinion?" No, I don't. It's <laughs> good. We can just keep going now. Yeah. So, what did you like about Undertaking Paler? Oh, I just kind of liked the whole vibe of this episode. It was kind of like a Goonies kind oh, yeah, of Stand is. by Me like group of boys going through some shit, and it's kind of like a very early sort of found footage yeah example like it's not really it's not really found footage but it's you know it's that camcorder horror yeah it was fun i agree with you it's you get to just hang out with you know some teenage boys <laughs> Woohoo! um but <laughs> you get to just watch them kind of bust their bust each other's chops and get into like silly adventures and and then you have like this 
point where you you become like a first person camera to the kids and it's interesting it's very different than a lot of the episodes which i find that we're saying a lot for tales from the crypt where we're like wow this is a really weird different episode yeah they really tried some stuff here they did and i really appreciate that i don't think it's the scariest episode but it doesn't really need no. to be because it has this idea and it went for it and um it's really cool. It has some of some of my favorite things in it are really long, uh, long shots. You know, continuous motion shots where the actors just do what they do, and it's like one take kind of thing. I love seeing that, and they do that a couple of times in this episode, and it works out really well. Yeah, I agree. At least you know in the second half of the episode. The first half of the episode is just kind of all set up, really. Well, let's just go ahead and get right into this one here. Our episode opens up, and I love it, is what my notes say. We have a cone over the camera with Cryptkeeper's disgusting mouth, and he just screams, quiet on the set. And then the camera quick zooms out, and we see our best friend in a little beret. And he's a director today, Brandon. Oh, he looks adorable. I'm pretty sure he's also got a little ponytail. Am I wrong? I think I might be, but I think I have a ponytail. He's got ponytail energy, so Mm -hmm. probably He sure does. does. He's got 1991 ponytail energy, which is, I think, arguably the strongest ponytail energy <laughs> that was pretty peak ponytail energy time yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's now it's man buns these days not the same no he adds in deadly quiet because i i forgot what he said before. i guess quiet on the, anyway i don't know what this word is ah fond felic- felicitations what is the, what's a felicitation brandon <laughs> i don't even want to guess okay he calls us fiends too and welcome to the crypt. Tonight's sordid saga is about a couple of kids with time to kill. See, they're just dying to get into the horror movie business. And if they're lucky, that's exactly what'll happen to them. He's got his book of tales in his hands, and he raises one hand yelling, Lights! And we see this big stage light shine on with a skeleton of a man near it that has a lit cigarette uh, in its mouth. I guess I wouldn't know if it's a man or a woman, but it doesn't matter. And um, he's got a sweet backwards baseball cap on, too. Camera! And he snaps down a director's clapperboard saying uh, that says like scene six, take six, roll six. Super funny, Brandon. Probably went right over your head. Action. I missed it completely. And we get the picture for this episode. Funny enough, Brandon, he does not tell us the name of this episode. So I don't think anybody ever says Undertaking Pelor. 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 They don't say it. We, we discussed this. I know. We just, <laughs> Look, I did my scales before we started the recording but it didn't work okay <laughs> i never have to say it again until the end anyway because nobody says it in this episode it's true the picture for this one i put i kind of like this one it's got this group of four young teenage boys grouped up in the foreground each have their own camera on their shoulders you know like those big cameras that you use for making movies or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know behind them is nine tv screens with a man with a knife in his hands and i think it looks cool yeah, this cover has it all. Much better than the last couple of episodes, I will say. This looks like a cover for like a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like they're all holding the cameras <laughs> like they're rocket launchers. They're all April O'Neilling the like... hell out of everything. <laughs> looks like four dudes ready for battle. Yeah, it's cool. How old do you think the kids are before we kind of get into this episode? I, I some, for some reason I have a hard time like judging their ages. Are they like 15-ish? Yeah, I'd say mid-teens. Okay. We fade into the episode where three of our main kids are exiting a movie theater. We've got Jess, Norm, and Aaron. And that's from left to right. Norm is immediately pissed and yells, Damn, shit, son of a bitch, fuck. Those are the first words of the story. Yep, first five. This comes out and he's just like, ah, fucking 
Son of a ass. You got to shock the audience with those kids swearing immediately, you know? Because we're on HBO, you guys. This isn't... This is <laughs> has to remind you. <laughs> yeah. They're like, look, I know we got kids, but we're yeah. going to say some This things. isn't an episode of Goosebumps. They may look young, but <laughs> they can say, damn. Jessa asks Norm what the hell he's moaning about, and Norm lifts up his package of Junior Mints, saying there's 53 of them bad boys in here, but there should have been at least 54, Brandon. And I get that. I get that vibe. You know, I'd be pissed too. False advertisement. See, on these days, you just go on Twitter or X if you're cool, and you would complain to the, whoever makes Junior Mints, and you say, "Give me free Junior Mints for a year," and then they do it. I'm gonna give a hot take here. Do it. The less Junior Mints, the better. <laughs> I mean, look, Junior Mints are not my first choice of candy, especially at a movie theater. What would? What did you? Okay, you just went to a movie. This is very, very relevant here. What did you eat? Okay. Um, I had popcorn. Yes. I had uh, a double scoop ice cream cone. Okay. <laughs> what they come else? standard here in Did you have like a frozen pizza too? What the No. <laughs> <They come> standard. <laughs> I had I had a Paw Patrol Lunchable. Wow. Did they give those away for buying the tickets? <laughs> no, I bought them beforehand. <laughs> snuck <laughs> them in. You snuck them in? Um one time I snuck in Tropical Smoothie to a um to a movie theater. It was great. It was really difficult because those smoothies are big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Wally. they care. I don't think anyone cares. No, as they shouldn't. They're underpaid like teenagers running a, mm-hmm. a movie theater. Like, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we're going on a tangent here. He slams that shit down and Aaron gives him some shit saying maybe he inhaled one by accident. Norm ignores that, lifting his popcorn bucket up and he yells, oh shit, Jess, there's a whole pool of butter down here at the bottom. <laughs> Aaron takes a look saying, huh? Dude, that's the only unpopped kernels in that butter. And Norm thinks unpopped kernels swimming in butter is the best part. And he reaches in for some more. And he sucks them up like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> oh, Brandon, don't spoil anything. We got vacuum cleaner later. <laughs> <laughs> Jess shoves Norm, calling him a geek, and that he's making him sick. And this entire scene is just three friends busting each other's chops. And that's what I'm here for. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, love it. It's vibes. Now, I, I'm just going to put a little uh, warning. Warning? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, though. Norm is almost slightly overweight, so all of the jokes are about his size. Yeah, they they let you know right off the top what kind of character Norm is. Yes. He's not it's... as, like, hungry as most fat kids, I guess. Use the term loosely, because he's really not that fat. Uh, of <laughs> he's the 90s. really not. By 2023 standards, he is, like... He's, he's a healthy yeah he's, a he's running player. a youtube channel like here's how you get a body like mine yeah. but yeah. back then <laughs> they made the ground shake when he walks yes 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 uh it's it's funny though uh we just talked about a couple of i guess that was a m- couple of months ago richie rich from 1994 and mm-hmm. there's one kid that's overweight in that one and all of, all he does is like eat twinkies and they just talk about how he loves mcdonald's and stuff it's just that 90s vibe yeah. i don't know <laughs> have you ever seen the movie heavyweights no. Well, I have, but I haven't seen it in forever, so we're definitely okay. going to talk about that in a podcast. That movie is just all that. It's so ridiculous. I love all that, by the way. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> the movie has Keenan in it. Oh, I love Keenan. But this is why we have body problems as millennials, because of this kind of shit. Like, yeah, it's because of this episode specifically. Yep, it's ruined me. I didn't even see it when I was a kid. And I, yep, ruined. <laughs> this and... Uh, say cheese and die too. <laughs> God, oh, that Jesus! I know. 
Norm tells Jess that he's a geek and that geeks are people that bites the heads off of chickens and then drinks the blood. I don't know where he got that, but Aaron asks, oh, like you, Norm? And Norm claps back, nah, like your sister. And the kids make their way over to an alleyway and Jess tells Norm he's full of shit. In fact, he saw android geeks from hell and the geeks in that movie didn't even bite. And they had this video vision where they rip the veins right out of the chest and use them like straws to drink their blood. I don't know what they're talking about, but that's fine. This fun time is cut by a weird TV static image bursting onto screen. And kind of get used to that because it happens a lot in this episode. Mm -hmm. I don't particularly like it, but it's not like terrible. It's not like egregious kind of thing. No. It sells the effects they're going for, though. It gives us that first-person shot, you know? And it kind of focuses in a little to show us somebody is watching these kids walking down the alleyway. Except the video we see and the voices of the kids are all distorted a bit. It's got this weird reddish-purple filter on it. And it's difficult for me to make out what the kids are saying. I'm assuming they're just kind of busting each other's chops. They're saying, want some candy? (laughs) What is that from? Predator 2. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. That's probably exactly what it is. That snaps back off and we uh, follow the kids. Norm complains about knowing what geeks do because he read about them. Um, There's a lot of jokes that happen in this episode, mostly Aaron talking about sex stuff. And I kind of cut all that because it's there's so many quick like joke one liners from these kids that happen that they're just like lightning round. And I didn't write them all down. So sorry. You get the picture. It's young boys being like "Eh, balls. Am I right? Yeah, because Aaron's all like, oh, your stroke book? And Norm counters that diss saying, nah, that's my mom's. And I don't know how I put that in my notes as a diss, but <laughs> what I don't know. Back with the mystery stalker, we're back in distortion vision for a moment. We do see from Norm's perspective that that person following them has like a light on their camera. And Norm sees that. And he's all, oh my god, you guys, you see that? Well, they didn't. So Jess is all, oh shit, it's a parking lot. You know, being all like, oh my god, help us. Norm kind of scoots up some stairs and screams, look, and we see the cameraman pop up and it's pointing its camera right at the boys. They all scream and scatter. Jess runs right back down that alley and Norm runs up the stairs and I don't know where the fuck Aaron goes, but it doesn't really matter. The camera person follows Norm up the stairs and Jess stops to look back and see what's all the hubba. Norm (laughs) makes his way to a door and starts knocking on it when the camera person just starts laughing. He flips open up his costume, hiding his face, and it's... It's their good buddy Josh, Brandon, a.k.a. Short Round. <laughs> from, oh, all right. From uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Or better known as Data from the Goonies, Brandon. Have you ever seen the Goonies? I did. A long time ago. Same. Oh, I put in my notes. He's better known as the fourth kid on the cover for this episode. <laughs> it's his his most role. famous role. Josh laughs a whole bunch more, yelling, I got you, Normie. Jess and Aaron kind of chuckle a little now that they know there's no danger. And Norm yells at Josh, calling him an asshole. Calls him a video asshole. Oh, is he a video asshole? I didn't even know. (laughs) He says, video asshole. (laughs) And that's just a great line. (laughs) Aaron asks, did you guys all see Norm's face? Oh, my God. Josh adds, you should have seen it, Norm. It was great. I thought for sure your eyes were going to pop out right out of your head. Norm's all, stop it, you guys. That didn't even scare me. So Josh announces to everyone to meet the star of his newest horror film, Chicken Shit in the Alleyway. Norm repeats that it didn't scare him, so Aaron lifts up his fingers yelling, Shit check! And he gets behind Norm and checks his pants, because that's how friends they are, you know? Mm -hmm. He declares there's nothing back there except for dingleberries, and everyone has a good laugh. (sighs) This episode's so heartfelt, you know? (laughs) 
Jess makes his way back over the slowest because he's got a leather vest on, which makes him the coolest. And he asks Josh, so tell me, rich boy, you got the balls to make a real horror film, huh? And Aaron pipes in, yeah, film Norm eating a Twinkie. Because you see, oh, here's where I have it. Because you see, Norm is slightly overweight for his age, so that's fair game for all sorts of fat jokes. Mm-hmm. Jess basically comes back in and is like, so do you want to do a real horror film? And Josh is like, sure, why not? What do you got in mind? Jess gets all serious, his face nice and close to the camera, and he asks, How would you like to shake hands with a dead man? Josh looks scared, Brandon. Spooked. Yeah, that's spooky. We cut over somewhere and we see a hand. It's not a dead man, though, Brandon. It's Jason Marsden. <laughs> and that hand reaches for a doorknob and it shakes it. Jess is pissed, though, because this door is locked. How dare it have the audacity to be locked at night? The camera pans back a little and we see it's the door for the Esbrook Mortuary where the deliveries are taken in. Just suggests that they go through the window, and he gets right up on top of a dumpster that just happens to be right next to the door. Norm hears a little bit out of a wet blanket, and he doesn't think it's a very good idea. But Jess opens up that window and crawls right in. Aaron busts Norm's chops again, which I'm going to say a lot in this episode, and um, hops up on the dumpster. He struggles to pull Norm up and asks if they ever thought about going on a diet. Norm tells him to shut the fuck up, and then slides into the window. Well, actually, Aaron kind of pushes him through the window, and then he thuds through the ground with a little scream. But, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. The two boys make their way inside, and Jess turns on a flashlight, yelling, Jesus, it's hot in here. Aaron thinks it's pretty disgusting in here, too. All the boys are in the basement now. Josh turns on his camera and asks Jess to shine his flashlight around so that he can get a good look at what's going on in this place. The camera pans the room a little, and we see there's a barber chair in the middle. One kid asks, what's this all about? And Aaron suggests that Esbrook gives his corpses a shave and a haircut before he cuts them open. Which, if he's going to do a showing, that is kind of exactly what you would do. Is you would take a picture of a loved one and, like, you know, do the makeup and stuff so that they look presentable. Yeah. Just looks around a little more, asking, what the hell is this? And we see that there's this body on a rolly bed, or a gurney, if you will, that can be, like, rotated around. It's something I've never seen before. It's really interesting. It's got, like, this circular frame around it so that you can like lift and pull it up so that it can be vertical rather than horizontal. Yeah, it's a hamster wheel. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a hamster wheel. And I really want to know if that's an actual thing. It seems like it could be. Um, I feel like it could be pretty useful for like not having to bend over, you know? Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now. The kids see the blanketed body and Aaron wonders aloud if that's a dead guy under there. Jess shrugs and suggests that they take a look. So they walk up to the blanketed corpse and they stare at it for a few seconds before Jess grabs the sheet and uncovers the face. And we see a very, very fake looking dummy of a woman. Uh, does it look fake? I found it to look like basically uh, a CPR dummy almost. I don't know. I bought it. Did you? Brandon, what? I I bought it as a person because I've never seen a dead person and I'm just like, oh, people look different when they're dead. They do, but they don't look like plastic. Well, I don't know. Okay, that's fair, Brandon. I I didn't realize that you've never seen a dead body before. I know, I'm weird. Yeah, I, it's kind of a marvel that you've made it 34 years of life without seeing one. Aaron's all, wow, that's Miss Groves the librarian. Josh says that he's going to throw up, and Aaron adds that he didn't even know she was sick. Jess says that she was a nice old lady, and then they hear a noise that makes all the kids gasp. Because Esbrook has just made his way into his own area, and he's coming back, so the kids scatter to find hiding places. Josh runs under a table. Jess opens up a locker, but Aaron is already there and tells Jess to get the fuck out of here. Then Jess runs to a casket on a stand and motions for Norm to get his way over here. The lights flick on just as Norm gets inside and Jess scrambles to hide behind a curtain. 
We get a shot of the kids peeking through their little hiding spots when in walks Mr. S. Brooke. Or just Undertaker, as he's named in IMDb. But I'm going to call him S. Brooke. Sure. S. Brooke here is carrying a pizza, and he gets a soda out of his fridge. He walks over to the body and turns on some opera music, because he's got to get in the mood, you know? He does a double take to see that Lucy the Librarian is uncovered, and looks around the room real quick, like being like, hmm, what's going on in here? We can see the kids in the background. They zip away from their hiding spots and gasp when uh, S. Brooke looks in their direction. He stops and he asks, wait, girl, you trying to get away from me? After all we meant to each other? Then he grabs the circular bar above the head, a.k.a. the hamster wheel, <laughs> and cranks yeah. it down, which shifts the bed and the body into a more standing-style position. Esbrook gets kind of close to this dummy's face, saying, You know, I never could understand what you had against me. All those times you turned me down, well, now you're all mine. And I'm like, oh boy, what's going to fucking happen here? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what I was in for, and I gotta say, Brandon, I kind of love what happens next. It's hilarious. Spoiler. It's something. He goes, oh, oh, come on, old girl, give me a smile. Then Mr. Esbrook reaches behind him, grabs a big mallet, and just smashes her right in the fucking face. <laughs> it dents her nose, and the kids all gasp, like, as I would at the like, if I were in that situation. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? He taps on her face with that big mallet a few more times, and then reaches over with his fingies and adjusts her face a bit by poking and, like, peeling it around. He smiles and says, that's better, because I guess she's smiling now. I don't really see it, but that's fine. I don't know. He just smashed her face. Mr. Esbrook then touches her belly, asking, wait, what's this shit? Is there something <laughs> you want to tell me? And he lowers the rest of the sheet with a gasp, saying, goodness, I let you lie around too long, didn't I? You were going to purge before I was ready. Lucy, 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 Lucy. I'm speechless. And he walks over. And he puts on an apron, and he takes a scalpel, and he cuts into her belly, which starts farting and releasing some gas. And we see her belly deflate. Yep. The kids get a whiff of that, and it must be terrible, because they're all like, as Bert goes over, and he turns on a vacuum, and he plugs a hose right into our girl Lucy. And we see it sucking out her insides and, like, plopping into a see-through canister on the vacuum. And I don't know what the hell is going on. Look, I know my mortuary biz from fitting, fitting punishment. punishment, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you cut corners. This is the top tier shit. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> the vacuum... Um, the gut sucker 9000. Yeah. <laughs> All of this, like, <laughs> vacuuming gets Esbrook hungry, so he grabs a slice of that za and goes to town. Just in particular, he looks to be about to vomit. We look over and we see that the hose drains off into the sink, and Esbrook opens up his Pepsi and takes a little sip. Over with Norm in the casket, he lifts it up for a second, and then he plops it closed and it creaks, which gets Esbrook's attention. He puts down his food and very slowly makes his way over to the casket. He's about to open that shit up when Jess... What does he do here? He, like, flubs his cheeks to make a noise? <laughs> yeah. It's not my first choice of, like, noise I would make to distract a man from opening up a casket. No, it's it, not like a caw caw or... No, it, it, it's more like... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an interesting enough noise to make you be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was a choice. I'll tell my thoughts about that in a moment here. Esbrook hears that and he starts walking over to the curtain Jess was hiding behind, which turns out is like another section of the room. It's just like his office, like Esbrook's office. He's about to open that shit up when a buzzer buzzes in another room. 
So Esbrook walks away for a second, and all the kids kind of like sigh in relief. And then he walks back over to that curtain. He opens it up, but Jess is gone. Over in the corner is a water cooler that glugs. And Esbrook is all, oh, that must have been what it was. And then he walks away. <laughs> so I assume in the in the, in the the script for this episode, it was just like, try to make the noise of a water cooler glugging. <laughs> what the so direction we're ex- was. We're expected to believe that Jason Marsden's character yeah. <laughs> looked around the room and he was like, there's a water cooler in here. I'll try to pretend to be that Maybe. to distract him. Yeah, no, it probably wasn't that. It was more like coincidence kind of thing. But I just assume in the in the script, it was like just flub like a water cooler lugging up like an <laughs> air bubble. <laughs> was that? <laughs> I didn't know you had a water cooler. <laughs> you, you're Sorry, I'm to... just enjoying a nice cold water over here. <laughs> you, you keep going. You're gonna need to take that out of here, Brandon. <laughs> I can't. I know it's very distracting. Jess runs out of the room and collects the other kids, and then they run outside. But they forgot Norm in the casket. So Jess runs back in, calls for Norm, who gets up out of the casket, but it's too late. Esbrook is back, and this time, there's another man with him. So Norm rolls under the casket and is hidden because it's got, like, you know, fluffy curtains under it. And we see from his point of view the two men talking, and one of them has snake boots on, Brandon. It's very important. There's snakes on his boots, yeah. (laughs) The new guy is complaining about getting his cut. And he wants to be paid the night before the funeral. Esbrook rolls over to the casket and pulls out a paper. And the guy reads it asking, what the hell is this? 500 bucks. Esbrook explains that she is having a $1,500 funeral since she's a poor librarian and they're underpaid. After expenses, he'll be lucky to make half of what he's getting. The other guy is pissed off saying, yeah, right. You're just going to put her in a pressed oatmeal coffin. And I don't know what that is, Brandon. <laughs> Do people press oatmeal into wood? I don't know what that is. I guess it's just saying a very cheap coffin. Okay, that's fair. Esbrook tells the guy, look, if you want to make more money on this next time, you can doctor up a prescription, pick somebody that can afford a deluxe funeral, okay? And the guy tells him, well, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what I did. I just sent some asthma medication to a guy that could definitely afford your top-of-the-line accommodations. Esbrook's all, oh yeah? Tell me more. And the two walk away as the mystery man tells him about Richard Schwartzberger, Brandon. He knows he's not rich, but, you know, we'll be seeing him soon. The two leave the room and Norm gets up out of his hiding spot and runs away. So after a little while here, Brandon, we got the kind of the, the gist of the story. It's kind of exactly what I said last time. Two people are conspiring against rich people to make money. Mm-hmm. We fade over to the street where Norm is explaining what he heard, which is weird that he would be explaining it like the next day, considering like he probably grouped back up with his friend. But mm, you would think so. That's fine. He's, he's explaining it only to Jess and Aaron right now. They're walking their bikes over and Jess can't believe this shit, saying it's unbelievable that they would be killing people to make money. Who does that? Norm is serious, though, and the other guy was a doctor or, like, a pharmacist or something. Jess says, yeah, right. I mean, besides, who would poison some dude's asthma medicine, right? They walk up on Josh's massive house and see Josh on the porch, and he's crying, Brandon. Aww. He tells the gang, <laughs> my dad died last night. Damn, oh, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> they ask, like, what? How? And Josh tells them that his dad had an asthma attack. Jess asks, wait, did he take medication? And Josh nods, saying, yeah, why? What is it? Jess sits down next to Josh, saying that they're going to have a talk. They said the guy's name, didn't they, the night before? Who, like the pharmacy guy? The pharmacist guy was said the guy's name that he was going to poison. They didn't say Josh's dad's name. They did okay. say Mr. Schwartzberger. Yeah. Right. 
Mr. Schwartzberger is just a different casualty. Uh, who cares about him? He's not related to any of the protagonists, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. This scene fades, and we cut back to some time, and that static blast happens again, which can only mean that we're looking through the lens of a camera. And we see Josh in front with Jess, Norm, and Aaron behind him. And Josh says, My name is Joshua Kwan. My father has been murdered by the town's undertaker, Sebastian Esbrook. The pharmacist at Grundy's Pharmacy, Norm adds in, that piece of shit with snakeskin shoes. We, and Josh looks around at his friends, our mission is to get all of the evidence on tape. So this is a cut a lot with like the kids busting in. So, so Jess butts in so we can fry that son of a bitch. And Josh continues that some or all of us could be killed by the time that this is seen. I hope that whoever finds this tape will bring it to the right person. And with that, he stops recording and they roll out on their mission. So they're just all prepared to die. <laughs> yeah. They're prepared for this to be found footage. Crazy. Cra- we'll see what happens. It's Tales from the Crypt. Who knows? Maybe they'll kill kids. We don't know. We cut over to the streets where Aaron, Norm, and Jess are riding their bike up to the pharmacy. And we're watching things from Josh's perspective through the camera. They all run over to look into the window of the pharmacy. And Josh asks if the pharmacist there can be seen. Jess is all, oh shit, there's two of them. But they're behind a counter, so they can't see their shoes. Aaron tells them this ain't nothing to it, and he walks inside, and the boys outside question again which one it could be, and uh, inside we see Aaron snatches up a nudie magazine and he hides it, like in his pants, and the pharmacists see that, and they stop him before he can leave, and the kids get all close up to it, and they, they look at the, the dudes' shoes, but neither one of them are snakeskins. It's very exciting. From behind mm-hmm. them, we hear a man call out, got a new toy, boys? It's the pharmacy owner, Grundy, an old nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Norm walks up and says hi to him, and Grundy asks why they're pointing the camera into a store. There's so many, like, pretty girls on the streets for them to be taking pictures of. As one walks by, and he, like, says that kind of to her. And I'm like, huh? Why would you? You're an old nerd. What is this? Because he's an old nerd, man. (sighs) Whatever. Oh, by the way, Norman, I'm so glad you came by. I have some deliveries for you to make. The first one is for Sebastian Esbrook at the Mortuary. And the camera follows Grundy as he walks with Norman into the building, and we see that he's got snakeskin shoes on, Brandon. Dun, dun, dun. Josh actually calls that one out, that that's the guy that killed his dad. But apparently Grundy didn't hear that, even though he was maybe 10 feet away tops. Yeah. (laughs) But enough of that, Brandon. Jess has a great idea. So let's see what happens here. We static cut over to the boys outside of the mortuary, and Aaron is looking at that magazine. He somehow got away with stealing. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> the guys confronted him and were like, hey, put that magazine back. And then he was like, okay, and then just didn't. I guess so. <laughs> and they were satisfied. Okay. All right. You're well, free to go, son. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Jess runs up with a bottle in his hand saying, guys, look, it's Esbrook's new and improved Paragora. I don't know what he says. I don't know. I don't even know what Paragora could be, if that's what he says. Doesn't matter. I don't know. They put it into a paper bag, and Jess is all hyped up, asking if they're ready. Norm makes a comment that he hopes Esbrook doesn't drink this stuff, or they could all get the chair. And Aaron grabs Norm's shoulder, saying, I wouldn't worry about the chair, since you probably couldn't even fit in it, because you're just so huge. <laughs> He's not. Josh, who's <laughs> still got the camera in his hands, laughs about that, even though his dad just, just murdered like 16 hours ago. But Hey, he needs the laughs. Come on. Okay, okay, that's fair. It's go time, though, so Norm gets up and walks over to the front door of the mortuary. He knocks on the door, and then he backs up. Esbrook walks out asking, what's up? Norm says that he's got a prescription for him from Grundy's, and then backs away. 
He walks down a few steps as Esbrook asks him to give it to him. And then Norm just drops it on the ground and it shatters and emits this kind of gas. And Esbrook looks at him and Norm is all, pretty strong prescription, huh? Esbrook asks, who gave him that? And Norm bursts into a run away from him saying, Eat it raw, fuzz nut! I don't know Okay, alright. Is that what he said? Like, do you have a counter argument? No, I don't know. Okay, doesn't matter. Calls him something nuts. Eat boogers, turd face. Exactly. (laughs) That's what it was. AI writing teenage boy insults. (laughs) Esbrook gives Chase yelling, come back here. Who gave you this? With the other kids, one of them asks what that even was and just tells them it was battery acid. Once the coast is clear, the kids all get up and they make their way to the mortuary. Jess tells Aaron and Josh to go on in and he'll wait outside. The camera cuts and we hear Josh say he might have broken it when it comes back on. And I guess he didn't break it. And now we're in Esbrook's office where uh, Jess was hiding behind the curtain kind of area. Aaron asks what they're looking for. And Josh says, I don't know, but you know what? We'll know it when we find it. The two start just looking around, opening up drawers and scattering papers and stuff. And Josh picks up a paper from a drawer saying, hey, check this shit out. 5,000 bucks. He said the funeral was only 1,500 kind of weird that josh would have known that because norm was the one that seen it but norm is very descriptive in what he saw i guess aaron looks closer at it saying oh shit he's screwing grundy assholes screwing assholes aaron grabs those papers and runs out of the room over in the room with the dead body josh says that he needs to find a place to hide so aaron looks up and points up at a little like window cubby that has some chemicals up on it and he says how about up there josh thinks that's a great idea and he hands aaron the camera and we watch him climb up into the cubby hole Aaron hands the camera back to Josh, who tells Aaron to get the hell out of here. The camera cuts and then turns back on sometime later, and we see it pointing at Josh, who's cleaning the lenses, and he looks and he hears somebody coming. So he gets into position, and we see Esbrook singing and dancing his way into the room. And he's pushing a gurney with another body on it, and he's saying that you'll have a splendid time here, Mr. Schwartzberger. Josh asks himself, what? He's dead? Like, kind of loudly, but not quite loud enough for Esbrook to hear. It's kind of a theme in this episode. We see Esbrook grab a bag of chips off the body, and he starts just snacking on them. He wipes the body clean as Josh's camera complains about having, like, a low battery, and Josh sighs, and then the camera cuts. It cuts back on a little later, and I don't understand why it even had a low battery in the first place, like, why that was a compelling thing to happen. I don't know. It was, like, three seconds of, like, oh, what are they going to do? And then they just, it's solved. Exactly. (laughs) Because it cuts back a little while later, and we see Esbrook has already, like, opened up the new body. I assume it's so that it could cut, and we don't have to see him opening up the body, but... It's got like a cracked chest in there. It's it's opened up like a birthday present. Oh, yeah. He grabs a bucket of something and he just pours it right into the open cavity as he sings to himself. And then he just packs it in and grabs a giant sack of like wood chips or something and pours that right inside, too. And I don't get it. That's what they do. Maybe. I don't think so. A buzzer sounds and Esbrook yells out that he's coming. And he goes and he goes to check it out, but Grundy is already in the room, and he's all, you burn me for the last time. Someone dropped off a bunch of your invoices, your real invoices. I'm putting an end to this whole stinking mess. It's over. Esbrook puts a finger up saying, well, I don't think so. Unless, of course, you'd like me to tell the authorities what really happened to your wife. Seeing how they missed the fact that she was poisoned the first time around, maybe they could take a little second opinion, hmm? Shit. Grundy tells him, you know, I had a feeling you'd say something like that. And he pulls out a gun from his pocket. And Josh is whispering, oh, shit. And we see Esbrook's hand come up. And he starts backing up saying, no, you're you're over overreacting. It's the fat kid. Fakes all this just to put us against each other. Look, I, I've got proof. 
and he turns around and quickly grabs a mallet from earlier and smashes Grundy across the head with it. I love it. Damn. He falls onto a table and Esbrook moves him around and straps him in after like a full minute. It's very slow, but I love that it's all done in one cut. I think it's really well done. Esbrook walks away for a moment and comes back with a beaker with this like urine colored liquid in it and uh, a nice spitting tray that you would see at like a dentist office. Grundy asks, oh my God, what are you going to do? And Esbrook tells them that he was wrong about him for the last time. A little taste of your own medicine that you had delivered to me, huh? So uh, it must be like that battery acid. He tells him to put his head down and then forces it down and pours this acid into his mouth, which instantly fuzzes up and he starts gurgling this like pink bloody mess. And then Grundy fucking dies. <laughs> Esbrook takes off his gloves and apron and Josh has had enough. He yells out, you bastard, that's the last person you'll ever kill. Esbrook points up at Josh, telling him, you're dead, you little son of a bitch. From behind Esbrook, Aaron calls out, what about me? He's got a camera on his shoulders. The camera cuts, and now we're at Aaron's perspective, and we see Josh with his camera getting down from his little perch. Jess walks out from the side with his own camera, yelling, Yo, asshole! And we snap to his perspective. From behind Esbrook walks Norm with yet another camera, and he says, Hey, shithead! Watch the birdie! And then he flips him off. And then we snap to Norm's perspective now, and we hear Josh say, You're a killer, and we got it on tape. Esbrook laughs, and he looks around at the boys, and then picks up a knife, telling the kids to put down the cameras and give them the tapes. Jess tells him to come and get him, calling him Pissbrook. Norm taps on his camera, saying he's got his camera right here, dickwad. And I'm just wondering, where the hell these kids got all these fucking cameras? Because they're expensive. <laughs> Esbrook walks closer to Norm, demanding to give him the camera, but Norm scooches out of the way and plays around Grundy's new dead body. Esbrook pushes Grundy's bed towards Norm as Jess taunts him, saying that he's going out of business, so Esbrook steps closer to Jess, whose back's off. Norm turns on the vacuum cleaner inside sucker outer thing and holds up the hose like he's going to shoot Esbrook. But Esbrook is all, oh, I see, you want to play rough, huh? And he laughs. Then he picks up Grundy's gun from the ground, saying, okay, I'm tired of these games. I want the tapes. I want them right now. The kids, now faced with a gun, aren't sure what to do, so Esbrook points it at Norm, saying, give me the tapes or I'm going to blow your friend's head off. Somebody should have grabbed that gun before. They really should have. Yeah, as soon as he picked up that knife, they should have been like, all right, someone go for that gun. But nope, they're all like, I'm armed with the camera. I'm armed with I've got just truth on our on side. side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we look over at Aaron, who's pointing at Esbrook to Jess. Jess walks up to Esbrook as he's counting to three, and he pushes the gurney with a librarian's dead body on it, which causes Esbrook to shoot his gun at nothing, and he gets pushed to Norm with the hose in his hands. They collide, and the hose gets stuck into his belly. Esbrook falls to the ground, and we see his insides get sucked up through the vacuum, into the see-through chamber, and out into the sink. Mm -hmm. So are we just supposed to assume that, like, anything this vacuum touches, it just immediately starts sucking? Yes, it's the world's strongest vacuum cleaner, Brandon. <laughs> you don't need to, like, make an incision or, like, cut into the skin. It's just like, oh. I see guts. I'm sucking them. Yeah. If it gets like stuck on something like a carpet, it would tear all the fabric away from the carpet. And <laughs> it would suck tear a hole it. right okay. to China. Yes. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Okay. The kids all kind of cheer and say that this is real great. Josh adding in that this is for his father. And we see Aaron get a close-up shot of him and looks around saying, hey, look, and points over at the librarian's dead body. And Josh says, hey, she's smiling. And then that static cuts us away and out of this tale. Because that is the end 
of Undertaking Pallor. Okay. It was fun. I like this episode. Yeah. It's really it was different. A good one. It's very different. So now they have their murder on camera. Yes. They have like five different tapes with them murdering a man. Yeah, they get it from sure, every angle. Self-defense, I guess. They trespassed into his office. And they yeah. murdered him. I feel like they have enough evidence that it would be okay, and then they, you know. I mean, sure. All they really again. had to do, all Short Round had to do, was give that poisoned bottle of pills to the police and be like, hey, I think this may have killed my dad. And then they would have been like, oh, shit, what pharmacy did this come from? Right. But they decided to take matters in their own hands, Brandon. They are the mm-hmm. Justice League of four teenagers. Yeah, they got their man. It would have been a very boring episode if that was the outcome, though, Brandon. Like, <laughs> hey, police, can you just handle this for me? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, let the law take care of it. With the Crypt Keeper, we pan around to see him in his director's chair, and he says, ah, well, poor Sebastian, a brilliant career going down the drain. And he makes a great slurping sound and then burps and laughs. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, Crypt Keeper. The sound effects in this episode. As for the kitties, Josh gave up on making movies. Seems he didn't have the guts. And the others, they became lawyers. Must have been the taste for blood. After all, they were certain they'd got themselves a killer. I mean, who wears shoes like these except a killer? And we pan back to see a crypt keeper with snakeskin boots on, I guess. And a wolf howls for some reason. And the crypt keeper says, until next time, see you later, alligator. And he laughs? Okay. <laughs> it was just all a blur. But that's it, Brandon. That's it. That's, yeah. that's it. That's we're done here. Sometimes the crypt keeper is kind of just there, just to be like, "Hey, I showed up." Yeah, I was very R.L. Stein vibes right now. He's like, "Can you guys gift wrap this mace for me?" And we're like, "What?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make sense, but I love that you're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Brandon, what did you learn from undertaking Pallor? <sighs> Anything? Any life I lessons? learned. That if you're a mortician, you're just fucking hungry mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Pizza, chips, soda pop. It's all good stuff. Especially when you're working. It takes a lot of energy to wheel a body in on a gurney. And uh, you got to replenish that energy all the time. Yeah. Stay hydrated, everyone. I learned. <laughs> I learned if you wear snakeskin shoes, you're, you're a villain. <laughs> you're bad <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Don't wear any kind of clothes that are like instantly identifiable no you'd never get away with that if i committed a murder or something people would be like hey look for the guy in the sonic the hedgehog shirt you'd be instantly found probably by children that have made a pact that they may not live through their discoveries <laughs> yeah and i would deserve it undertaking pallor is a really terrible name brandon do you want to come up with something better what is it supposed to mean i feel like there's been a couple of these titles that Feel like they're meant to be plays on words or puns, but I just don't get it. I don't either. I feel like we've had that a lot lately. Even something simple like, you know, drugs will kill you or <laughs> like something stupid. I, I, I don't know. Boys on film. There you go. I like that one. It's great. <laughs> Boys on film. <laughs> it could be something stupid like 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 the Geeks Club or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I'm terrible at these. It's so much easier with Are You Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> Three normal boys and a fatty. <laughs> That's what they would call it. The most uh, expensive. I, I want to know. I seriously don't understand where they all got these cameras. I assume that Josh just has four whole cameras, but 
Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. You know what, Brandon? We got a whole bunch of characters to meet. You you want to meet them? Sure. It's quite a lot of characters. Okay. Let's start with the first one on IMDb, which is John Glover, who played Sebastian Esbrook. And this man's been in a lot of things. Uh, Started things off in 1973 with Shamus, which I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's fine. He's this actor that I feel like I've seen him before, but I don't know what it was in. I mean, he was in Could so many things she that wrote? I'm sure you've seen him in something, but I can't recognize him. Maybe it was Gremlins 2, The New Batch, or perhaps Robocop 2. He was in a lot of sequels. He was in The Good Son. I guess he was the narrator for that He's movie. He's in Fear the Walking Dead, if that's something you watched. I haven't seen Fear the Walking Dead. He was in Dinosaurs in three episodes. That's cool. Adventures of Batman and Robin. Superman. What else here? He was in Tron Evolution. God, there's so many things. Most recently, he was in And Just Like That from 2023. All right. That's that's kind of him. Next up, we got uh, Grundy, played by Graham Jarvis, the late Graham Jarvis, who passed away in 2003. And this man was also in a lot of things. Peace. Yeah. Started it off in Guiding Light in 1952. So, yeah, he was working it for a very long time. Let me look and see if I recognize anything. I, he was in MASH, uh, Sanford and Son, The Love Boat, kind of those classic shows. Pigs vs. Freaks from 1982. Hmm. Weekend Warriors, Dance Till Dawn. I don't know what these are. Oh, he was in Misery from 1990. I didn't know that. I've heard of that movie. The X-Files, The Drew Carey Show. It's a good movie. You should watch it. He was in Six Feet Under for two episodes. Oh, my God, Brandon. He was in one of your favorite shows, Seventh Heaven, for 16 episodes. Oh, glorious. Indeed. That's a lot of episodes. It is. Let's go with our next character here, uh, Aaron, played by Aaron Eisenberg. The late Aaron Eisenberg, unfortunately. He passed away in 2019. Um, oh. He started things off in 1988 with Straight Up. He was also in... Beverly Hills Bratz. He was in The Wonder Years. I've never really watched that show, but uh, I'd like to. Puppet Master 3, The Secret World of Alex Mack for two episodes. Awesome. Oh, shit, Brandon. He was in something called Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. (laughs) Oh, is that as awesome as it sounds? I hope so. The last thing he was in was in 2019, Seven Days to Vegas. All right. I'm sorry, but I have to read the description to Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. Okay, Pixie is cursed with turning into a pterodactyl when her husband is caught messing with bones on an ancient burial ground. Okay. That sounds incredible. Sounds honestly incredible. (laughs) Next up, let's talk about Scott Foltz. He played Norm, I think. Unless he played Aaron, I don't know. But let's take a look here. He started things off in 1987 with A Tiger's Tale. He was not in very many things. Probably maybe as little as Short Round. Uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Growing Pains, and he was last in a show called Evening Shade from 1992. So he kind of stopped. He was like, I've had enough. Wow. Just like very shortly after this episode. Yeah, he was like, I'm off. I'm, I'm done. I've done what I need to do. I'm out. Yeah, every single character is written about me being fat, so I'm done. <laughs> Our next character is Ki Hoi Kwan, who played Josh. And as we already mentioned, he started things off 1984 as short round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He was also Data from the Goonies and the Goonies music video, uh, Goonies Are Good Enough from Cyndi Lauper. He kind of wasn't in a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, like in the 90s, he was a little bit. He was an Encino man. 
Red Pirate. He he took a really long break from acting. His his he was in something in 2002, and then the next thing he was in was in 2021 with Finding Ohana. Um, he was in Everything Everywhere mm-hmm. All at Once, which I hear is a really fantastic movie. Yeah, for which he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. That's incredible. I need to watch that movie so much. It's really great. Yeah, he like quit acting and then came back and won a damn Oscar. That's how you do it. Most recently, he he was in uh, a show called American Born Chinese in 2023. Last up, Brandon, we have our fave. It's Jason Marsden, the man who's been in uh, everything you remember, really. 226 credits. Yeah, he, um, when was he born? It doesn't say. 75. Okay, well, oddly enough, he has a, his first, like, credit is for General Hospital from 1963, but that's impossible because he wasn't born. So (laughs) the first thing he was actually in was Webster from 1987. Sure. This, Jason Marsden, he has um, a really incredible voice. Uh, He voices a lot of uh, cartoons and and TV movies and stuff. Like, he's the voice of Max from Goof Troop. uh, No, from a Goofy movie. He is uh, in mm-hmm. Spirited Away. He's in video games. He's in he's in so many things. Uh, I, I like him a lot. He's a great guy. Yeah. Even if you don't recognize his face, you definitely know his voice. Yeah. He's the voice of Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Well, more uh, is there let's to take say. a look here. He was in he was in so many things. Batman the Animated Series, Secret World of Alex Mack, a goofy movie. What else here? Duckman. Oh, my God. I forgot about Duckman. He was in the original Baldur's Gate from 1998. Pepper Ann, Recess, The Jamie Foxx Show, Ally McBeal, Will and Grace, Rugrats, Totally Spies, Lilo and Stitch, the series, The Weekenders, uh, so many things. Let me keep scrolling here, get to something a little newer. Garfield's Pet Force, I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's in 2009. <laughs> StarCraft II, Wings of Liberty, Killzone 3, X-Men Destiny, Monsters University, mm-hmm. DuckTales remastered the video game. I didn't know that had voice work in it. The Legend of Korra. Honest Trailers. I guess he was in that. Oh, he was Thackeray Binks in that one. Camp Radio. Uh, Batman the Doom that came to Gotham. Most recently, he was in Transformers Earthspark. Pretty much everything, though. Cool. I like the game. Yeah, I, I do, too. Uh, and that's kind of our cast, Brandon. That's a little bit of everybody. Um, do you want to find out what we got going on next week? Oh, yes, please. All right. So next week, we got Season 3, Episode 10. I think we're kind of almost done with Season 3 already, because I think there's only 14 episodes. Uh, but this one is called Morning Mess. All right. That doesn't tell me much. No. Uh, it must be a messy breakfast or something. I don't know. Let me read the description here. A journalist tries to solve the case of a mysterious serial killer who's been killing homeless people all across the city. What he doesn't realize is how deep the conspiracy behind the murders go. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty straightforward, though. Yeah. We got, like, a little true crime episode uh, next week, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Actors-wise, we have the ghost from Ghost that's not Patrick Swayze. So the one that shows them how to, like, move objects in the real world kind of thing. He's in it. Otherwise, I don't really recognize anybody else. Yeah, I think he plays his character in everything he's in. But yeah, I I don't know. I guess that's Morning Mass, Brandon. We'll find out more about it next week. For now, though, Brandon, I I think I'm done here. I've been up all night. Uh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go. All right. I hope you have a really wonderful sleep, though, Brandon. I will talk with you next week for morning mess. That's all I got. I'll all right. be here. I'm out. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.